0: You are listening to The Gentle Project Podcast, all about kindness. And I'm your host, Irene Karthik. This is the 19th episode of The Gentle Project Podcast. And I have one more episode to go. That being said, we have spoken about kindness towards others, kindness in work, kindness towards our mental health. But there is one very important aspect of kindness and that is kindness towards our physical health. So today we are going to explore the physical aspect of kindness towards ourselves with Samantha Coffin, who is the founder of Wellness Revine. So let's get talking to her. Hey Samantha, welcome Hi. to the Gentle Project podcast, all about kindness.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Lovely to have you t- with us today. Uh, you know, we were talking about transitions, and I think let me get started uh, with the first question What has been one of the experiences that is memorable for you in the past 11
1: months? Oh yes, absolutely. When COVID started, I had a lot of immediate changes. Um, one of the places I was working was a, a nonprofit yoga studio and they of course had to abruptly close their doors. And that that had taken a lot of my time and another thing that had taken a lot of my time was volunteering at a local a local nonprofit that helps bring produce to um under-resourced communities and so it partners with like the the local food pantries all bring more of like the staples, like pastas and breads, and they bring more of your, your actual produce. And I loved doing all of those things, but all of a sudden I was at a complete halt. And one really amazing, beautiful thing happened was that my, my body immediately like went into this amazing relaxed state of like, oh, you don't have to leave the house today. (laughs) your schedule isn't overpacked. Like you can breathe, you can meditate for as long as you want to, you know, like you can, you can actually like sit down and journal with no end in sight. And, and although that, that particular type of um, calendar didn't last too long, it was a really interesting change going from doing things that I was absolutely passionate about and sad that I was losing them, but being able to see the massive impact on my health when I just slowed down.
0: You said it well, slowed down. I think uh, this year, uh, if not anything else, has taught a lot of us to slow down. You know, the lives that we lead is so busy and chaotic at times. Um, So that's very interesting. So what is that one thing that you have changed, you know, either in your habits or in things that you do with the pandemic?
1: I am a much quicker to notice when I'm getting too busy and when my calendar is straying from my personal values or my personal mission statement, if you will. Um, so I was able to come back much more in tune with what mattered most to me, as I believe many people were able to do. And so I feel like now I'm able to quickly notice when I'm off course, while before I didn't have such a long pause. I never, my entire life, many of us have never had it our entire life. And so I now have the ability to quickly notice when I'm out of sync with what I am striving for, because I was able to have it so clearly in those beginning months of COVID-19.
0: That's wonderful. So given that you are into wellness, before we start talking about wellness and uh, sustainability a little bit, because you talked about the produce, I, I had some questions on that. A little bit about yourself for our listeners, if you could Absolutely. tell,
1: share a little bit about yourself, where you're
0: from, what you do.
1: Absolutely. I currently live in Asheville, North Carolina in the U S and I am from, um, the, the Northeast. I'm from Massachusetts, the Massachusetts area. I grew up just outside of Boston and all throughout my childhood, I experienced a lot of pain and discomfort, mostly related to gut health. And I was in and out of the hospital in and out of seeing different doctors and I wasn't getting answers. And I had, decided at that point in my life that if I wasn't getting answers I must have been making this up. And so it became very psychological for me, you know, I was I must be, you know, imagining this pain. It, it couldn't be real if no one can find an answer. And that's how I lived through the majority of my my young childhood when I was living at home and when I went off to college all of my symptoms got worse and shortly after my grandmother was diagnosed with celiac disease, which can be genetic. And so I immediately stopped eating gluten and started feeling better. And I had gotten a diagnosis in um, high school with Lyme disease as well. And I was at that point in my life, treating both of those with the very traditional ways, you know, like take those antibiotics when you're diagnosed with Lyme disease, and then you know, suffer with the random flares, and then with celiac, stop eating gluten and deal with the random flares. And I got more and more fed up with that the older I got. And I started realizing that, like, I don't have to live like this. And it was a very long road. And, you know, I can't, I can't say I'm still not on it because I feel like we're always going to be on this journey to wellness for our individual bodies. But I started to get really loud with my, my needs and saying, you know, I don't need to constantly be in pain or have spontaneous flare ups. And I, I really can live a great life. And I started really diving deeper into holistic approaches and noticing that food is so much more than what we're taught. And I started doing elimination diets to figure out which foods were causing inflammation in my body. I started learning more about how stress has such a massive impact on our health, especially our guts, Um, how our immune system also lives in our gut, the majority of it. And so it was just one thing after the other unfolding and while I've been on this journey, I've kind of collected other people along the way and, and learned where, where they were and supported them on, on finding their greatest life and their best wellness. And over and over again, it kept coming back up of like, ah, oh, you should do this. You should, you should do more with this. You should share this with more people. But I kept feeling like I was an imposter in this world. And that like, who was I to help other people on this journey, you know, and, and it took a long time and a lot of work for me to turn around and be like, I've lived this and I had to be my own advocate and I had to be very loud. And so now I do have the tools and the experience to help others. So I, at the beginning of the pandemic, actually um, got a certification um, in to become a certified health coach. And it was lighting me up. It made me so, so excited and so alive. And I knew like I was, I was on this right path. And um, after, shortly after that, I launched my business, the wellness rewind. And now I offer one-on-one and group coaching for anyone um, that is experiencing anything from gut health to stress or sleep struggles, really optimize their health and live their best life.
0: That sounds quite a journey, I must say. I mean, having gone through the entire, you know, experience the pain and, you know, the health issues that come with your own journey and then choosing to, you know, go out and help other people, uh, not all of us, you know, do uh, that. And you also talked about imposter, uh, you know, syndrome that all of us uh, kind of sometimes battle with. So if you had to share one or two tips for women, especially, because I feel that women, uh, you know, battle with imposter syndrome, slightly a little bit more,
1: along with men,
0: what would be that one tip that you could share from your own experience?
1: I would say two things. First of all, like you are uniquely you. And what makes do you unique is worth offering to other people. If that's in friendships and relationships, or if that's through a business, like your uniqueness is gold. So that would definitely be the first thing I'd say. And then the second is your experiences and what you've moved through is real. And that is, is worth sharing with other people. And that makes you not be an impossible because you're sharing your story and you're supporting people on a journey that may look exactly like or very similar to yours and so remembering that what you have walked through is real and you have walked through it you might still be walking through it and that your uniqueness is so important to making this whole world work the way it should brilliant thank you thank you for that tip
0: coming to wellness I mean uh, a lot of us in our current uh, you know modern day lives people i think do you see that uh, people actually have a challenge identifying that okay maybe i'm gluten intolerant a lot of times you know people take that okay i might have a digestive problem let me just take an acid and just fix myself so how do people actually what are the symptoms for people to early symptoms you know, when they should actually uh, notice themselves or observe that, okay, this is something that might be, uh, I need to get diagnosed with.
1: Yeah. So I think, I think that that is, it's tricky to answer it like that because we can, there's only a, a limited number of symptoms that any human can experience, right? Like, we experience headaches and migraines and we can experience physical pain and we can experience digestive pain and, and sleep struggles. And, you know, if you look at one thing like digestive, digestive pain, it could mean so many things. And so it's really difficult to say if you're experiencing, you know, diarrhea or constipation that you absolutely have this, this disease or condition, because that's not true. But what I like to, to remind people is that you do not have to settle for feeling crappy. If you feel crappy, let's work on that <laughs> because that's not, that's not where we should be. And so starting really basically like, okay, what is your stress level like right now? What have you done for you? Like, have you filled your cup or are you filling everyone else's cups and leaving yourself with nothing? And, you know, are, are you practicing gratitude? Are you, a pos- are you thinking from the positive perspective? Um, you know, looking at those really basic foundational pieces of mindfulness and mindset, and, and then from there, you can start going deeper. The next step after that for me is I like to see, are there any foods that your body intuitively is telling you to not eat? I have a lot of people that will come to me and be like, oh, well, I know that my body definitely doesn't like dairy, but they're still eating it every day. And so being able to say, okay, your body is giving you a message. What would it look like to listen to it? And I'm not saying like diet or, or avoid foods completely instead, like recognizing what a certain food does to your body and then having the freedom to choose if you're going to accept feeling that symptom or not. Now, if you do those types of things, say you do an elimination diet, you're really working on your mindset and you're still having symptoms, I I do believe there's times when you do need to seek medical attention and medical help. Um, And when you do go that route, though, I wouldn't settle for an answer of nothing's wrong or you're fine or anything like that. It's very important to find a doctor that you drive with, that feels right with you, that you do believe is giving you the right answer. And, you know, Finding a second opinion can sometimes have a negative connotation, but sometimes it's necessary. It took me over 20 years to get diagnosed with endometriosis, and I saw more than 10 doctors. And that's actually pretty normal because people identify it with so many other things. You know, that one is, it's a tricky disease. You have pain, but it's associated with certain times of your cycle. And so it comes and goes and, and everyone experiences it differently. And for some people, it just feels like it's your gut and other people, it's you know, radiating down your leg, but you know, your body better than anyone else. And so if you're, if you really feel like you're doing everything you can do to live a well life and you're still seeing pieces, then it's part to bring other people into your team to help you achieve full wellness.
0: Absolutely. And uh, you, you talked about filling your own cup. I think that is so important. Uh, self-compassion and kindness towards self. I think that comes uh, first before you are able to help others. You made such a lovely point there. How important uh, is mindset in the whole process?
1: Oh, it's so important. And that was like the last piece I felt like I learned, you know, I, I wasn't raised to think that way. And I don't believe my mother was raised to think that way either. And so how could she have raised me that way, right? It's a lovely cycle. But it, it was definitely one of the last pieces. And it came to me when I was in a job, a corporate job that I realized was just pulling all of my energy and I was really struggling. And I noticed that it was trickling into my relationships, but it was also trickling into my body and how I felt. My sleep was horrific and my my digestive health was just absolutely awful. I just kept experiencing more and more symptoms, although I was... Living a life of eating much healthier foods and, and taking care of my body with movement. But what I wasn't doing is taking care of my, my mind. I was constantly in like a fight or flight stage. I was constantly in crisis mode. And so I I really encourage people that if you, if you're someone that does experience a lot of stress and you have a busy life, like remembering that flight attendants tell you to put your oxygen mask on first for a reason. If you don't put yours on, you can't help anybody else. You know, your time to help that other person is much shorter than if you just took those few seconds to take care of yourself. And, you know, taking care of yourself too looks, looks very different in, in many different places. But I think our, our culture, especially our consumer culture has taught us that we have to spend all this money on it. We have to go to a spa day and spend thousands of dollars over the year. And you, know, you, can't, you can't do it without you know, dropping $30 on getting your nails done or, or whatever it looks like when really just sitting in, in your body in your space is showing up for yourself taking a walk in your neighborhood is showing up for yourself, listening to your favorite song and and maybe dancing or singing to it like that is self-care. And so really reimagining what that is for you is so vital because what what your package of self-care looks like is going to be unique, just as much unique as you are.
0: Absolutely. I mean, each of us have different needs and uh, we need to kind of identify and act accordingly and you 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 know you brought a very important point about how we are you know very we are in a consumer economy where everything even health is you know a huge commercial space where people are selling different kinds of products and so there is also a bandwagon of organic uh, produce that people are trying to switch into but w- what would be you know uh, for somebody there are people who might not be uh, you know quite aware of what would be a good produce or a good organic produce be how do they make transitions you know to change the lifestyle what would your advice be
1: yeah. So my first one would be to completely reject diet mentality. So when you start thinking about living a well life, you might automatically think of everything that you're fed through consumer culture. You might be thinking of the newest diet trend or you know this, this low calorie thing or sugar free this or whatever. And, and my first thing would always be to just completely remove that you need to instead listen to your body and listen to what your body is telling you. And that is, it can be very difficult to learn, but you do have an intuitive eater inside of you. And that intuitive eater does not wanna live off of fast food, does not wanna live off of potato chips or French fries. It wants to live off of a diverse plate. And so um, if you are able to, instead of listening to all of these other, other pieces coming in from commercials or magazines or stores, and instead listen to your body, you're more likely to achieve that balanced plate. Um, I also believe it's important to never tell yourself you can't have something 100%. Um, When you tell yourself that I'm gonna deprive myself of this, you want it more. And so instead of throwing out all of your cookies, why not buy cookies and broccoli? So you have a choice. And when you have that choice, that once off limits thing becomes less and less appealing and becomes that occasional item like it should be. Um, And it also like, you don't have to eat a produce that you don't like, like, don't do that to yourself. Now, if you don't like them at all, that might be because your taste buds have been a little tricked by some sugar and preservatives you've been exposed to. But once you start to eat them more regularly, you'll notice which ones you're really attracted to and which ones you're not. I absolutely love broccoli. It's one of my favorites and I've always loved it. Um, and my husband is, his is like peas and green beans, you know, like, but he, he knows like, if this is here, I'm gonna reach for it because I love this food. And the same thing's true with fruit. A lot of consumer culture has taught us that like sugar is bad. And then you think, oh, well, fruit has sugar. Well, the sugar that's in fruit is very, very, very different than the sugar that is going to be in a massively produced cookie that's full of corn syrup and white refined sugar. And so add fruit into your life if you like it. Enjoy it. Uh, You know, it's, it's important. It has fiber. It has vitamins and minerals for you. Um, So just really being playful, try new recipes, explore your store. But there's also a lot of incredible resources out there. Like the organization I was talking about that I volunteered with locally, they do um, a, they set up like a farmer's market and they have cooking demos and they show you how to use their local ingredients. And a lot of grocery stores, you know, of course, pre-COVID would, would do those types of events, but guess what? They still have a plethora of recipes for you on, on their websites or on, you know, Pinterest is an incredible tool for that. Instagram is loaded. So just explore different recipes and different ways people are eating foods that you're looking to add to your diet. Wonderful. There
0: were a lot of nuggets of wisdom and I, I, I mean, uh, waiting for COVID to kind of somewhere you know slow down and whatever normal life would be uh, because farmers markets and you know I think getting in touch back with what life used to be I see that you know life is kind of a circle we are going back to doing things that our ancestors would probably their lifestyle do you do you see that connection between what was and
1: yes absolutely and that was kind of when the light bulb went off for me on my own journey of moving more to holistic like a combination of holistic and traditional Um, and what i discovered was that if i went to a farmer's market i could pick up a vegetable that i may have never have seen before and ask the grower you know the person that actually tended to this as it was growing how they cook it and how they eat it i learned um, a cabbage was something as a child i hated and I just, I, I didn't know how to prepare it or what, how to make it taste good. Right. And, and I asked a farmer once and she told me she likes to thinly slice them and then roast them and then like use them in place of where she would use toast with eggs in the morning. And the first time I did that, I was like, this is such a juicy vegetable. And, you know, and I never would have associated juiciness with cabbage before, but absolutely when you're exposed to, more like you said ancestral ways of doing things your eyes are just opened so wide and you can learn like what food grows in your region is that is so powerful because then you can get it more easily and it's usually more affordable you're more likely to find it organic and you know gmo free and it's just it's such a beautiful way of learning where you live it's such a deeper way in north carolina here um, sweet potatoes are in vast abundance here they grow really well and everyone has different recipes for them from savory to sweet and you can get really creative with them um, but you might not know that if you're not allowing yourself to step into the shoes of looking at your world in a different perspective and, and walking out the doors of your large grocery store and stepping into farmers markets or more local shops um, you know and there's also I don't I don't know how how many you have, but we have what we call um, community-supported agriculture or CSAs, where you can pay a farm at the beginning of their year and then get a portion of their crop throughout the year. And that way, not only are you supporting a really amazing family farm, but you're also giving yourself food that is going to be in season throughout the year um, and some of them run for, you know, just a few months while others run throughout the entire year. It's a great way to get diverse foods. But usually it's it's more cost-effective than shopping at a grocery store.
0: Absolutely. I mean, uh, in London, we do have few farm-to-your-door uh, farm, farm to your door kind of um, startups. Uh, that, And there are some markets that actually do that. But I like that fact that you can actually pay and you know the whole year whatever is the seasonal produce you actually have access to that it's a wonderful idea I mean talk about it covers sustainability talks about health I mean if you actually think about it everything is so interconnected Mm -hmm. the whole wellness towards ourselves wellness to the environment everything Mm
1: -hmm. falls in place yeah, I found, I found my heart pulling towards um, sustainability in our environment before I realized how that directly connected to my own sustainable health. And it, it was amazing to watch the connections happen, you know, wanting to buy in bulk and buy package free foods and then realizing, oh, those foods have less preservatives and less additives and they're cleaner for my body. And so it is beautiful when you can see that harmony come together of of everything really working together to make this this world and each one of us, you know really live the best life we can.
0: Absolutely. And I must say, the listeners won't be able to see you, but I, I am able to see you and you reflect, you know, your health and what you're saying, you know, it reflects on your face, the, how you're glowing and how you're talking about it so passionately. <laughs> it, it, it all shows uh, uh, up as I, as I speak to you. Oh, uh, thank you. So that brings me to another question is, if you could change one thing, right now, uh, in terms of in in the wellness space, uh, what would that be? What would be your one wish that you want to see that that should be changed?
1: Uh, I'd have to say it's going to directly be connected to diet culture. And I see so many people, especially women Underfeeding themselves and counting calories and obsessing about what they can't have or what they shouldn't have. I was actually volunteering at a different um, food bank last night and I saw a woman reach, you know, they had a a bowl of candy and it was all like, you know, small size, nothing major, not full-size bars or anything, but regardless, you know, she reached into the bowl and she's like, oh, I shouldn't, but I'm going to. And I immediately was like, why shouldn't you? you know, and it's because we're taught that like, we shouldn't, especially if we're in a, a female body. And so many women are, are so concerned with calories in and calories out. And, you know, this food is good for me. And this food is bad for me. And they guilt themselves when they eat a food that they think is bad for them. And, and it just breaks my heart to see that in such vast quantities of people throughout our world. And I really, really wish that I could hug them all and say like, this, it does not have to be like this. And, and I would be lying if I didn't say I wasn't that person before, you know, I, I went to donate eggs when, you know, like for fertility um, when I was 25 and I was turned down because I was told my BMI was too high. And I was a very healthy person at that time. And I was blabbergasted. I was like, I know I eat way better than the majority of the people that come in here and donate. And I know that I am in tune with my body and I'm aware of what it means. And really, (laughs) you know, based off of this, this crazy structure that was created and originally around men's bodies and, and not noticing like the, my, my bones are different. My structure is different. My, you know, every single, every single body is different from their, from their genetics on, you know, my DNA structure is going to be different than this other, other woman. And so it, it was, it was very hard for me. And, and, and truthfully in that moment, I did get quite aggressive with the gym and calories in and calories out, but I had a moment that really was a massive light bulb moment for me. I was at a point where I was tracking calories on an app and I had eaten my calories for the day. I was done, but I was hungry. And I was sitting on the couch with my my husband, he was at my, my boyfriend at the time. And he was like, so eat. And I just kept saying, I can't, I can't, I've used my calories. And he's like, you're hungry, eat. And it seems like such a simple thing when I say it back now, but it was literally a light bulb of like, what am I doing? This is disordered eating, this is not okay. I need to provide for my body what it needs when it needs it. And, you know, in that moment, I I decided I was going to figure out, you know, why I was avoiding certain foods, which foods were foods that really maybe I should because they cause, you know, inflammation in my body and don't make me feel great. Um, But recognize them as choices to avoid instead of completely depriving myself of those foods. Um, So that would definitely be it. I would really like to, help others completely deconstruct our diet culture
0: absolutely i completely agree with you you know as somebody who's been in that journey of counting calories and uh, but i think uh, i think one has to define what healthy means to you it has to be how you feel in in relation to the diet that you have you know your exercise routine. It's, it's just not one piece, right? It's, it's your mindfulness. Everything
1: falls uh, together to actually for you to feel well. Exactly. And with exercise, you know, it's just like with food, you cannot just take someone else's exercise routine and expect it to work for you. You know, what, what, how you enjoy moving your body is going to be different than how I enjoy moving my body. I really love hiking, I enjoy biking and walking and the occasional weight exercise, but I am not someone that likes to go to the gym and I am not someone that likes to follow a very like regimented routine. I wanna be able to say, I'm gonna go on that mountain today and just go and enjoy it um, and, and go with other people. So it's also a social experience and helps my mindfulness as well.
0: Wonderful. I mean, I think uh, we can keep talking, I can keep talking on this, but I don't, I want to be mindful of the time. Uh, Also uh, coming to uh, the compassion, -compassion, self-compassion, how does self-compassion play a role in wellness towards, you know, in general?
1: I think it's the center. I really do. Uh, Self-compassion is something that you know, going back to putting the oxygen mask on first, right? Like many of us are taught that self-care is selfish and it is not. And you, no matter where you are in your journey, no matter how old you are and what lived experiences you've had, you've likely experienced traumas and difficulties and you are a human and you are special and you are loved and being able to remind yourself that and prioritize yourself has to come in order for all those other pieces to happen, in order to realize that you are valuable, that you are unique in a beautiful way. You've, you've got to be self-compassionate and it's you don't have to do it alone. You know, I love the exercise of, of thinking of adjectives that describe you. And if you're struggling, ask those around you, You know, ask your spouse, ask your children, ask your friends and you can be lit up by what they share. And then remember those words. And remember what words you identify with. You know, like there's there's so many beautiful ways to um, to practice self-compassion. But really, it's it only can be done by you. Um, but you can always use others as your resource to getting to a point where you you can always return to your own self-compassion.
0: I I wouldn't add anything to it. You you know explained it so well. Uh, who has been one of your biggest influences
1: in your life? You know, somebody who inspires you? Mm. You know, every single person that has been real with me and has shared their experience inspires me to continue to do the same. And the more that we can be real and transparent and share when, when we feel comfortable sharing, the more that we can challenge the way the world is right now and find more love, find more self-compassion, find more wellness. So, you know, anyone that speaks out against the norm, you know, it's not, it's not popular to say to ditch diet culture and it's, it's not popular to talk about my digestive struggles I've had, you know, it, it can make some people uncomfortable, but if it helps one person realize that they're not alone, then I feel like it's made a massive difference. And what's kept me on doing that is the others that are doing it as well. Lovely.
0: What is? What are the two books that you would recommend to uh, users?
1: Uh, sorry, I keep using the word users, listeners. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the first one, I really love Soulful Simplicity by um, Courtney Carver. It's an absolutely beautiful book. It's gorgeous. I, I followed Courtney Carver on um, social media for a while. She is very, uh, she's in the minimalist world and I was very moved by her and um, I, I didn't feel a super strong connection at first though, you know, we're, we're different ages and we've had different lived experiences, but when I picked up her book, I read it in a day (laughs) and i just couldn't put it down and i have picked it up many times since and i've shared it with others and that's been absolutely amazing for me and then my second favorite is kate flanders um, her first book the year of less she has published a second book and i haven't read it yet i'm very excited to get my hands on it Um, but she's another person that speaks from the truth Um, she speaks real and she shares some of her biggest struggles and how she moved through them. But the year of less is actually when she stops spending for a year. And it's really amazing to see how that impacts all areas of her life. Um, And so those, those would definitely be two books that are are much more around mindset um, than anything else, but they've, they've absolutely influenced how I live my life.
0: Wonderful. Soulful simplicity and a year of less. Mm -hmm. I will put that in the show notes. I think uh, we need to kind of slowly, uh, as a world, as a you know society, need to start imbibing some of these uh, culture of trying to be very mindful about how much we consume, be it clothes, be it food, be it, you know general in general our lives. Uh, that that's so important. Uh, the other question that I had was. What is that one tip that you would share to make the world a better place?
1: Speak the truth, be real, show up real and, and show up. You know, I think that's the biggest thing, show up for yourself, show up for those that are important to you. Um, You know, I think that I heard a a quote recently and I'm not going to be able to quote it directly, but it, it pretty much said that we can have a massive impact Um, If we focus our attention on one person, then trying to save everybody. And, you know, that really, it really spoke to me because when you're, when you're dealing with working on self-compassion and self-care and moving into your own wellness, you start to realize like what matters more to you. And and sometimes your circle of people will get smaller. And for some that might be difficult. And for others, you might start to realize like how powerful that circle really is, um, you know, And for me, it has gotten smaller and sometimes that, that has been very painful, um, but it has been amazing to see how then those people support me and showing up for myself and they show up for me and, and I can fully show up for them instead of spreading myself too thin with other people.
0: That, that's lovely. In fact, uh, my motto also has been the same if if the podcast even inspires one person who's listening and you know nudges them towards a small change in their own ways you know i'm i'm happy about that exactly and since we are wrapping up the year and it's christmas you know if you have any tips for us just to be a little bit more mindful in our wellness because uh, this is a month when people generally overindulge there's a lot of sugar, mm-hmm. so
1: what would be just your advice? Of course, to enjoy and but absolutely, yeah, absolutely enjoy. Don't don't go into the holidays saying I'm not going to eat this or I'm going to avoid this. And and absolutely, when you when we exit the holidays, um, again, don't feel like you have to go go take care of everything you just did or undo everything you just did. But instead, when you are reaching for food ask yourself why you're eating it. Ask yourself how you feel when you're eating it and and when you're tasting it, what it tastes like. You know, think about think about how hungry you are when you're eating as well. And when you're not hungry, be okay that you're not hungry. You know, I know um, Thich Nhat Hanh and in one of his books, I think it's how to eat. He talks about putting your fork down and it's a very simple, simple act, but like, just when you put your fork down, you're able then to think about what you're doing instead of just doing it mindlessly. And so it doesn't mean you don't eat and it doesn't mean that you don't in, indulge. Right. But just think about it, um, about while you're doing it or before you're doing it. And if, if you find yourself, um, eating emotionally, figure out like is there something else I could be doing instead like does my body maybe need to go for a walk or should I journal or should I call someone I'm really missing right now and if that's the truth that's great and if it's not okay then eat <laughs> you know so i would i would just challenge us all to to think a little bit more and to ask ourselves questions while we're engaging in those activities
0: wonderful i think that that that's something that all of us it's doable it's, it's not going to the extreme of you know just don't reach out for that cake
1: <laughs> no because that cake might be really delicious and this might be the one time of year you eat it so eat it <laughs> okay.
0: so how can people reach you samantha
1: Absolutely. So I'm on on social media, of course, my business is The Wellness Rewind. And if you want to reach out on my personal, it's Sam's Simple Life and Sam is spelled with two Ms. You can also go to my website, thewellnessrewind.com. And you can always reach out to me directly through that website if you'd like to, to contact me.
0: Wonderful. It, it was really a pleasure to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much for taking time out today.
1: Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. And I'm so excited to continue to be in touch with you.
0: Definitely.
1: Wonderful.
0: I want to wrap up this episode with two important thoughts. The first, this year has been a milestone year in terms of challenges And our very physical existence was threatened and is still threatened due to the virus. It is more important than ever to take care of our physical health. The second thing is a question to you, whoever is listening. What is that one thing that you're going to change or start doing to ensure That you focus on your physical well-being apart from your overall well-being. Because this is the foundation of our existence. So i leave you with that thought. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode and you enjoy listening to our show. It would be wonderful if you could leave us a review or a rating or feedback to improve the show. You can do so by writing to us at thegentleproject.kindness@gmail.com. at gmail.com. This is a humble attempt to nudge the world towards a little bit more of kindness, compassion and all things that make us human. And if you want, you could leave us voice notes through Anchor. So until next week, stay safe and stay kind.